Hello and welcome to Corbett's Comments. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as I share biblical exposition and commentary. I truly believe that God's Word is one of our greatest helps as we live for Him in the world today. And so like the psalmist, let us agree to hide His Word in our hearts that we may not sin against Him. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett. And today I want to share a word about suffering as I comment on James 1 verses 2 through 8. This passage reads, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So today I have a confession to make. It's hard to admit it. But yes, when I was younger and living at home, my family and I often watched Hee Haw together. Yeah. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with this television variety show, let me say that while it did showcase a great deal of talented country and Western artists, it also offered an excessive amount of lowbrow hillbilly humor, which ranged from Junior Sample's Carlot Gag and the phone number was BR549 if you're interested. And the cast then also inquiring of Grandpa what's for supper, and amongst that, a bunch of other things as well. Now, one of the most popular sketches dealt humorously with the troubles of life. And this segment began with a song which had these lyrics Gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Now, a word of warning, you need to be careful because that little bit of dog rail will stick in your head and bedevil you all the day long if you're not careful. Truth be told, we tend to make light of trials, troubles, and suffering because they are all too common in our day-to-day -day lives. A flat tire, a missed flight, or a malfunctioning home appliance can ruin our day, whereas sickness, the death of a loved one, a failed relationship, and financial woes can, if we allow them, ruin our entire existence. Sometimes we feel like if it weren't for bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. And this is especially true in the wake of COVID-19, the social unrest of the past couple of years, and our current economic challenges. Now, James gave us great guidance about how to respond to suffering in our focal passage for today. He began by telling us that we must accept the reality of suffering. See, the Bible is full of stories of real people who had real difficulties living a real life on this real earth. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul taught us that trials and troubles come to all people. And we know from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25, that just people can suffer in this imperfect world that was marred by human sin. Suffering is real. And when it comes into our lives, what should we do? 
Well, James went on to teach us that we must adjust to the state of suffering. We need to learn to be steadfast. The common human responses to a threat are to fight, flee, or freeze. And none of these will work well with suffering because we usually have no access to the source of our troubles. And if we did, we'd be able to mitigate them so we wouldn't be in suffering. Instead, James tells us to be steadfast. That is to endure suffering. Endurance is hard for most people. That's why there are so few marathon runners. In fact, employers in some industries try to hire college graduates not because they have the skills which are needed, but because they had the endurance simply to complete a multi-year college degree. Skills can be taught, but not endurance and determination. Fortunately for us, we have help with our endurance. We can be steadfast because we know God is on our side, that He loves us and He is with us. He also has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And He has prepared a home for us in heaven when our suffering days are over. We need to yield to God and allow Him to help us endure and be steadfast. Next, James taught that we must develop a good attitude in our trials and difficulties. We must remember that our faith is like a muscle and it cannot get stronger unless it's exercised and tested. This is one dimension of the truth that Paul taught in Romans 8:28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the call according to His purpose. I remember very clearly how my muscles ached after that first high school football practice after a summer of sloth and sleeping in. However, by the end of the season, after many practices, my muscles no longer ached. Now, I was still as, as slow as molasses in wintertime, but I was stronger and healthier. If I'd quit after that first practice, I would never have enjoyed the blessing that came from testing my body. And the same is true of the spiritual, psychological, emotional, and relational aspects of our lives that come upon us when we are steadfast in suffering and troubles. Finally, James insisted that we must accelerate forward. That is, don't wallow in our troubles. As baseball great Satchel Paige once reportedly said, don't look back, something might be gaining on you. Too often we let our memories of past events and troubles haunt us. Complicated grief is a real thing, and people trapped in it need professional help. That said, God's plan is moving forward, and we need to move forward in our lives as well. We simply can't look forward while we are looking back. No, suffering is too important a subject to simply be flipping about. And today I'm really preaching to myself. I've often said I don't do suffering well, and I suppose that few people do. Still, God can take the reality of suffering in this imperfect and sin-marred world and make it something good in our lives. So let's be steadfast and let's look to God for our help and our growth as we negotiate this troubled world. Before I go, let me share my new book with you. Seminary taught me to be a pastor, but the Army taught me to be a leader. I would like to share how God melded those two skill sets in my new book, Decently and in Order. It's available now on Amazon in paperback and on Kindle. If you want to know more about effectively leading teams and events, check out Decently and in Order on Amazon.com. 
I believe you will find it eye-opening and helpful. That's Decently and in Order by Otis Corbett. Thanks for taking a look. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon to comment on more scripture that we can consider together to help us in our everyday lives. Every blessing. I'm Dr. Otis Corbett. Thank you.